It's me, Les G, having a cup of steaming Vietnamese coffee to warm up my chilly bod on this record-breaking cold last weekend that embodies May's Memorial Day. I remember it was really warm weather at this time in most years, but this hot coffee seems to make things right. Hmm. It's one of the most flavorful coffees that you can have. Flavor is accentuated with a commingling of condensed milk. Only problem is that there's too little of it. So typical of us humans. We always want more when we like something a lot. In my notes, I wrote the word life just now. And the thoughts coming into my mind that filter out into my journal may or may not be comprehensible, but if you're in the mood to apprehend, I'll give it a go. At uh, various times of our lives, a certain subjective trigger of melancholic memories returns. The trigger might be a stranger's resemblance to someone that we knew, perhaps in appearance or body gestures, who has passed on, or a certain turn of words in a conversation which were once the expressions of a deceased close acquaintance, perhaps a familiar aroma in the air or the occasional stroll through a particular area that one might have associated with a loved one, a friend, or an influential teacher. Whatever triggers us to bring our departed ones to mind, well, we tend to get into a reverie of sorts, stare into the void, and suddenly it's as though they were somehow with us. Truth be told, we all process it differently. Some of our actions include having a drink in their honor, or saying a special prayer, visiting their final resting places, perhaps giving charity in their memory, or the more emotional response, tears come to our eyes and we have a good cry. But beside these activities, My ponderings diverge to the concept of reincarnation, the transmigration of the soul. But not everyone is so spiritually accepting of the existence of a soul, and I respect them for their view. But for me, it's the most meaningful part of a human's development, the soul being the spiritual aspect of our physical existence, is also our link to the infinite. A recent article in the uh, newspaper wrote about a research that predicts human lifespan potential as anywhere from 120 to 150 years. And the most important component of this criterion to this longevity is explained as our ability to recover from illness. Unfortunately, 
This resilience declines with age until the body can no longer recover. But the ancients knew this, and so, to assure longevity, a new understanding with hopes of extending our life was assumed. The concept of reincarnation. It would seem that most religions include this transition from one form to another. And I first heard of reincarnation from the Buddhists' beliefs. Then the Hindus, who respect all creatures as though they were revivified relatives. My Taoist friends have the greatest of respect for their relatives who passed on. Christianity speaks of a life everlasting. And the Jewish mystical teachings explain the return of the soul with the words Nefesh HaGilgul, the imagery for which is that of ocean waves returning to the shore, never the exact same form, but always the repetitive continuation. Indian philosophy describes it with the word samsara, the repeating cycle of birth, death, rebirth. For example, in Buddhism, each new Dalai Lama is selected on the basis of finding a young child who best exhibits familiarity with objects owned by the previously deceased Dalai Lama. These concepts seem to incorporate a past-to-present timeline, hence the specification of reincarnation. But if one thinks of this timeline reference as one that originates from all that ever was to all that ever will be, then between these two infinities lays our present existence. And if we are always at the very center of all time, past and future, then why couldn't pre-incarnation also occur? Someone, some soul from the future, incarnated in our present time. Examples may have been our futurists, such as H.G. Wells or Arthur C. Clarke, etc. And then, there could also be incarnations from parallel universes. Let's call it co-incarnation. These would be multiple people who remember the same life as though all of them had been the same person. Examples of this may be people who find their soulmates. Now, if all these incarnations aren't confusing enough, there is one more that I'll add. Omnicarnation. This would be an all-encompassing entity one that permeates all of existence at all times and everywhere. We might call such an entity God. Kabbalistic literature explains it as no place is empty of God. A piece of this omnicarnation is in all of us. That consideration is quite exalting 
and it needs to be considered a bit further. So, how do we identify this omnicarnated peace within us? Well, we are told that when Moses asked God how to refer to God, the response was, quote, I am that I am, unquote. In Indian spiritual literature, the phrase which starts with aham is also an expression regarding the insight that the individual self, which appears as a separate existence, is in essence part and manifestation of the whole, meaning everything that ever was or will be. The yogic greeting of Namaste is an expression acknowledging that your spirit and my spirit is one. So even if you're an agnostic, there's plenty of room in this expression to acknowledge a universal respect for each other. But of course, I would be remiss if I didn't have some problems with accepting reincarnation as de facto reality. The problem is that you can become complacent with putting effort into your present existence and all the associated activities that you do. It's kind of a fostering of irresponsibility because one might feel that you can do it all over again and get things right the next time around, similar to Bill Murray's situation in the movie Groundhog Day. Or, for that matter, the ever-pernicious conditioning inherent in many video games where additional lives are cheap and ultimately meaningless. Still, there's value to considering this belief in the continuation of our lives. Looked at from a responsible perspective, it alludes to human needs for self-reflection on the quality of our present life. Specifically, by focusing on our failures and accomplishments, and ultimately on our value in terms of fitting into the whole scheme of this life. Yes, influences of belief in reincarnation will affect the direction of our individual lives and our relationship to those departed lives with whom we can remain connected. In this way, one learns to appreciate the importance of everything. So, uh, just a follow-up side note on this. Um, this week, my Netflix TV binge-watching of the Kaminsky Method, which is a story that centers around a acting coach's serial comic life. The coach is played by Michael Douglas, by the way. The last season of which provided occasional references to reincarnation. 
there are several scenes where Michael Douglas perceives a little dog as his former, recently passed, agent, magnificently played by Alan Arkin, this little dog as his former agent. <laughs> and then there's another character who proposes the creation of a samsara club, playing off of the well-known Sam's Club moniker. Ironically, this character is played by Haley Joel Osment. You know, the actor who played the kid who sees dead people in the movie Sixth Sense. Bam! <laughs> there you have it. If you watch enough movies and TV, it's pretty obvious that everything is somehow connected. And on that note, I'll see you in the next podcast. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. <laughs>